like, but you can't say like, you can't communicate it to your family either. Cause like we weren't a family that ever talked about anything. Yeah. So I'm no, I couldn't like, I just couldn't understand what's happening and talking. No, I never really talked about inner feelings to anyone that wasn't encouraged within the family or definitely not without the family. Cause like that, that would have been a betrayal. Definitely like going outside the family to tell tales. Like we just would have known that instinctively, like you don't do that. Don't even think about doing that. Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. You are listening to Don't Be Afraid to Talk podcast with James. If you are listening for the first time, you are welcome. Talking and listening is key for growth, and I hope our stories will bring us together and we can draw inspiration from each other. Conversation will include topics such as mental and physical health, trauma and its effect, suicidal thoughts, recovery, and well-being. We will continue to raise awareness and offer a different perspective, a mindset, or an idea that could inspire you to take charge of your well-being and to grow as a human being. Thank you for joining us today. Today I'm joined by David, who is originally from Marlow in Cork. And David is going to share his story in relation to family farm survivors. If you are listening today, have an open mind and we hope you can learn something from his story. David, how are you? Good, James. How are you? Thanks for having me. Great, great. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, me sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Dive in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let it all out, which is good. Mm. <laughs> Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, well, um, I was born in Cork, North Cork, uh, in 1975. Um, born onto a family farm. And uh, uh, yeah, we had, we're going to get into all that <laughs> shortly. Um, so I lived in Ireland, actually, all my life. Up, uh, I had a Two years in England, but apart from that, in Ireland all my all my life up until 2000, end of 2007, and then I decided I needed to get out and see the world. And actually, I've been out in the world ever since. I haven't I haven't come back <laughs> since. So I've been, I'm I'm in Southeast Asia now, and yeah, yeah, I'm happy here. Yeah, enjoying the sun. Yes, sun, humidity. Very warm, very bright, very unusual for an Irish person. I've acclimatized pretty well, though, I think. Yeah. Air conditioning helps. <laughs> nice fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. food. Yeah. All that. I, I don't know if you're missing anything in Ireland anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. In weather, weather-wise, probably not much. No. Somet- sometimes I miss the cold. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no. Um, yes. Thank you for that. Before we get going, we're going to play a quick game called One for One. Okay. I'll give you a random word and you say the first word that comes to your mind. All right. The first word is suspicious. Uh, family. <laughs> <laughs> Pride. Um, wrath. Singer. Um, Michael Jackson. Ah, oh, terrible. 
There's no right or wrong answers. <laughs> and pumpkins. Halloween. And last one is magnetic. Polar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just there's, there's no right or wrong answers. Just I just like to start with that. Okay. So and like yeah, that's it. It helps me calm down is what I think. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, let's get going. And my first question is can you just tell us a little bit about childhood? Right. Well, um it was a bit different in that um well I was the last born of four kids altogether and but uh, there was two boys before me and um I was uh, unfortunately un- somewhat unwelcome as a third boy on a farm I think my dad had this idea that two boys was enough for him and and somehow uh, I just got added in at the end and uh it was a little bit unwelcome <laughs> unfortunately and mm. yeah so kind of felt that <laughs> from yeah when I was growing up mm. and you had a sister as well yes sister um she was the second born and that was fine my dad didn't mind having uh, girls because he felt they could be married off so they yeah. weren't a, th- a threat to his um master plan for the farm mm. Mm. yeah I wasn't a threat either I would say but uh that didn't matter and in his mind I, I was some kind of a, a threat so yeah that, yeah and how, how was your relationship from a young age growing up do you remember much of it um yeah it was yeah i remember it all but it was well it was distant and kind of strange because so, it's like someone who really mm. wishes you weren't there but knows they can't express that so they, they sort of yeah. find other ways to let you know that and then it's it gets confusing because when this person is saying like, yeah we're glad you're here but we're not really <laughs> but they're not saying mm. it, so it's just a very kind of a strange confusing mm. sort of feeling it's mixed messages a lot of mixed messages going on uh, yeah and he would sort of encourage my siblings to sort of Mm, well, I encourage them to kind of see me as a this foreign invader who's like this interloper who's coming into the family who they we should be wary of. Or, uh, yeah, he transmitted mm. that feeling to my siblings very much, and then left them to get on with the business of sort of making me feel very unwelcome. And your relationship with your brothers, because usually we brothers at that age they get on a lot more because they play a lot and when you're very young do you have a good relationship with them before it kind of got bad um it was yeah it was okay actually my eldest brother he was he was always either out or and then he went to boarding school when i was still only about eight so there was a five-year age gap so i didn't see that much of him really in my early years Mm. He didn't have that much interest in hanging out with me. And then there was the middle brother, and I, I guess it was okay, though he was always very disdainful and dismissive of me. Um, yeah, but sort of strange feeling for them. I mean, it's sort of, it's abusive for them as well, because they're being told, like, 
don't mm. uh, don't bond with them. You know, he never actually said it to them, but he was just sort of transmitting it to them that like David's not one of us. You know, he's not good. He's he's a bad person. He's trouble. Like I don't know how he did it exactly. I'm sure he mm. did it much better than that. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it's pretty easy yeah. to do um, with children, especially at that age. Yeah, they just you know, pick up on it almost, yeah. almost you, psychically. You can get your message yeah. across without yeah. getting your message across with a look. Yeah, Kids and parents like they with one look, you know, refusal to look can yeah, we're sensitive, <laughs> very sensitive. Yeah, to that. Mm. And when do things start to change? Like when did you? Because I'm sure, like, when you're young, you just loved your family and you thought the world of them. But for some reason, yeah, you're the outside, like... Mm, the outsider. When uh, did you kind of start noticing, like, something's not right here? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was always there. I think from the moment my mother told my dad, we're having a new baby, he was like, <laughs> no, uh, we have enough. Well, if it's a boy... Like we have enough. It's a girl, maybe, but, and yeah, so straight away, like even before I arrived, I think uh, the welcome mat was not <laughs> rolled out. It was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it was just difficult. I was like, yeah, my dad, I, it just, it caused him, I don't know, some kind of trouble with his sense of manliness or something, or I was somehow a threat to his, to his ego mm. or to his sense of security or to, he felt I was a threat to his his land, his farm. You see, in, in rural Ireland, uh, for farmers, it's the land and the farm and, and passing it on and, and keeping it uh, safe. Mm. It's just above, comes above everything. And yeah, so I, he just couldn't, just saw me as a threat to that. So that's... Oh, very, <laughs> a little child, especially your own. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's weird. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's mm. like... And so, yeah, you really want to have this relationship, but you sort of there's something blocking it or stopping it. So it's kind of it's a very strange, uh, alienating kind of feeling. Mm. You're like you, you're there, but you're not there. Like you're just sort of this um, I don't know, this mascot or this. You're in the family, but you're not in the family. It's it's confusing and strange, and yeah. Setting. And was it always a decent when you kind of, when you're growing up, like when you approached him as kids do with their parents? Yeah. You obviously always felt like, like that there's a wall there <laughs> between the two of you. Yes. Yeah. There's something wrong. And uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's, I could feel it like he was just not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suspicious of me or just, uh, could not accept me however much he might have tried or maybe he wanted to or maybe on some level he did but there was just something stopping him inwardly just couldn't get comfortable mm. with me. actually i would say the other kids he considered his kids um and me okay me he more considered my mother's kid so i was from her bloodline her inferior bloodline because uh, he had a problem with my mother as well i don't know he felt maybe trapped into the relationship or something in some ways. So, um, yeah, they had conflict mm. as well. Their relationship was unhealthy at best and abusive at worst, I would say. So, Being the last one, you probably felt 
the you are like the trouble child who just kind of he took out all of his <laughs> anger pretty much yeah in the uh, way yeah i just couldn't get right with him whatever i did i was just always wrong it's just no mm. i was yeah something couldn't yeah and um, one of the things you mentioned is he took you out of school as well was there a reason behind that um oh what was the reason behind that uh i don't think he uh, well he always wanted to save money was there a logical reason behind um, it <laughs> no i was great in school but yeah it was i'm i was always encouraged to feel stupid as well and my brother would happily call me a retard you know openly uh, with no resistance from anyone including me because that was sort of the culture or was in, in our family it's like if anyone tries to provoke you you know um you have to like not rise to it not take the bait and if you do that means they've won and then they'll go in even harder on you so you mustn't mm. react so you just sort of <laughs> take it <laughs> you know on the chin and ignore it but um yeah it's very much in the narrative of the family that i was bad stupid and just yeah, a retard. Uh, I'm sure my dad wouldn't have put it like that. He wouldn't. Have, he probably would have said it to my siblings, but not to me personally. Um, I know, just repeat it back to you. Then. Yeah, yeah. They would. He would just tell them how to generally, like, let them know that, like, you'll be rewarded for being nasty to Dave. <laughs> mm. think, yeah, he would just bitch about me to them. It's like, oh, he's ruining everything. I wish he wasn't here. And then they would they would run with that. But uh, yeah, taking me out of school, actually, the, the real practical reason, I think um, he didn't didn't want to pay for college. That, that would have been in the back of his mind. It's very money conscious. And he's like, hmm, don't want to, definitely don't want to <laughs> like him to go any further. Also, um, you know, when you have someone labeled as stupid, like he never finished school. And then if I finish school, what does that mean? Make me smarter than him? And then what does that say about him? So getting into areas of ego. Um, so yeah, practical reasons would have been just don't want to invest anything, either emotionally or financially in my future. And then other reasons like, yeah, yeah, just also mm. just cutting, cutting off all options, all avenues, making himself like if I wanted to do anything or achieve anything, I had to go to him, I think. A certain, yeah, uh, like school encourages, you know, self-reliance and it's kind of all about empowering you. And that was just the worst. If I, be yeah. yeah, for him, if I became empowered, that means like oh, our family, its future is gone. It's just the end of everything. So, you know, he never would have encouraged my schooling or mm. even though I'm sure there would have been plenty, there was plenty of times when I would have proved, you know, actually, I am intelligent, but he refused to acknowledge that. Like I would have gotten letters printed in, in comic books or something. I would have sent them off to like comic books I was reading. Then I would have got them printed and I was going, yay, look, I did this. And he would, have, he would have said, oh, well done. But then the next day he would go straight back to the narrative of David's a retard and stupid mm. and mentally something not right. And yeah, so that was, there was the narrative and that was what he was sticking with no matter what. Um, yeah. So, mm. And how was your relationship with your mother? Was that any different? Yeah, yeah, that was different. We were closer, um, but she was very much under my dad's thumb. 
she he very much mm. ruled over her so we couldn't be that close he would always be encouraging her not for example not to molly coddle me or you know show me any excessive affection Perfect. whatsoever yeah yeah and so you know just needling away sabotaging away any kind of relationship because of course that would be a support for me and he didn't want me to have any support wanted me to completely like just be sort of a subsistence living like his foot on my neck and just barely surviving and existing was how he was happiest like if i started to become you know happy or educated or empowered he just would you know that would have been terrible for him really Ru no room for that here <laughs> yeah ruin his day yeah yeah so. and when you talk about him using your brothers to abuse you mm -hmm. was that physical abuse as well as emotional abuse physical mostly no no it was he's very much psychological he worked on the emotional and psychological and he was quite adept at that it's like you know you don't need to hurt people if you can drive them to hurt themselves for for example my mother he would often um drive her to having nervous breakdowns and then she would have to be admitted to a mental hospital for weeks at a time and receive shock treatment which i think is barbaric it's totally unproven um so yeah that was be his method like and he saw nothing wrong with that he saw that that was all her fault i was like oh she was yeah she has mental problems anyway so it's nothing to do with me being hateful or abusive towards her or just mm. being very cold and critical as he was of my mother and yeah me yeah especially i think and your sister got got in on the abuse as well yeah um yeah very much would have taken after my dad just sort of it's programmed into them from at such a from an early age so it's it's very hard to deprogram i think mm. but um yeah she would have just been at the or psychological end of things and just teasing and um wearing you down mm. and just needling you and provoking you antagonizing you and just yeah always having you be upset and feeling bad yeah if, you, if i was feeling bad my dad was feeling good so <laughs> mm. yeah yeah another thing i heard you say was despite all the abuse you still had a strong bond with your family mm. yeah um was that just a way yeah. of you is that because you couldn't see yourself hating them or you just saw the good in them yeah uh underneath it all this is the big lie i told myself it's like they're okay. they're being hateful being mean being nasty but deep down i know they love me and like this is i think the, the lie that every beaten wife tells herself like deep down because there is like there was a little bit of love mixed in i think to be truly an effective abuser you have to if you were just hateful all the time why would anyone stay with you or why mm. would anyone have any faith you have to like the sun has to the clouds have to part and the sun a little bit of sun has to come down every so often and that keeps people on the hook then it's like oh i've seen it you do care i know it's in there somewhere and then yeah you'll keep on being crapped on and 
taking the abuse because you think, oh, underneath it all, there is some love there. And it's like, yeah, mm. but on top of it, there's like 99% not love. So it's like, what does it really matter <laughs> actually? <laughs> you know, inside, if people are good people deep down, you know, what you are like deep down doesn't matter how you act how you treat people every day is what matters. And I think that was also an excuse that my dad told himself. It's like, oh, deep down I love him, but I, you know, treat him badly because I I don't know what, what his excuse to himself was. Mm. And, and that's another thing as well. The lies people tell themselves are the hardest ones to, to, to see through. So like my dad would lie to himself that he wasn't really abusive and he would believe that. And then we had to believe it, even though, we could feel like mm, it doesn't really make yeah, it up. Yeah, it's so. like you convinced yeah. the children that I'm not abusing you. Yeah, that was programmed into us. Like, don't even think it. Don't even say that word. Like, abuse. Oh, I'll tell you about abuse. There's this kid out down the road who got beaten up and kicked out or whatever, put in the hospital. Now that's abuse. But uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you couldn't even think like yeah, abuse. No abuse happening here. Yes. <laughs> so for you, it was obviously to stay in a family as well mm. you kind of just had to idealize them like these yeah. are yeah to survive. these are good people yeah and you just have to like put your head down and just get through it and you think well at the end there's going to be something good and it's like where am i getting this from and it's like mm. it's it's sort of communicated to you like because why else would you be just going through all all this so just so they could like then tell you okay thanks a lot now get out we've used mm. you you know uh or cheap labor on the farm and we've abused you and treated you like crap and now get out. So like, you can't face, you can't get your head that, around that as a kid. It makes no sense. It's like, no, no, that, that can't happen. So in a way, yeah, it sets you up for the perfect fall at, at the end. Cause like you, you can't think badly mm. of your family and then you get shocked that yes, they are bad people. <laughs> and, in relation to your extended family, um, mm -hmm. the option to reach out, was that ever there? Or did you just believe that? Um, you don't really, as a kid, you just kind of assume in the worst. Yeah. You might. Yeah, there was so much, like when, towards the end, okay, when things started getting really abusive and I was being pushed out. Um, no, then it, you're just full of confusion and shame. And it's like, then you just don't know what the heck is going on. You're in pain. You're like, oh, well, how, what is happening? I don't understand. Like, but you can't say, like, you can't communicate it to your family either. Cause like we weren't a family that ever talked about anything. No. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, no, I couldn't like, I just couldn't understand what's happening and talking. No, I never really talked about inner feelings to anyone that wasn't encouraged within the family or definitely not without the family. Cause like that, that would have been a betrayal. Definitely. Mm. I like going outside the family to tell tales. Like we just would have known that instinctively. Like you don't do that. Don't even think about doing mm. that. Yeah. Uh, so that option wasn't, well, it just was never there. No. From the start. No, no. No, it was no one. We didn't have any deep, meaningful chats like we were having no. now. <laughs> uh, no, no one talked about emotions. No, yeah, you didn't have the language. You didn't know no how to say it, and you just feel you'd feel so ashamed. You feel like I'm being horrible, you know, talking about this thing. I'm being un ungrateful to my family to mm. 
like betraying them like and that was programmed into you as well it's like don't even don't even think badly of us or of me and because yeah so also you have no self-esteem so on some level yeah that's think, broken down yeah 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 years yeah and what led you to getting a gun <laughs> oh, this is yeah how what, what happened there um sort of yeah my brother's being really sort of threatening and it's it's getting quite heightened and like the pain and i was feeling a lot of pain and yeah i came up with this rather bizarre plan uh, i'll get a gun and i'll rob a bank and then i'll have money and then i'll be independent from my family and then i'll, I'll just live you know walk off into the sunset and live happily ever after which is bananas it's just completely like i mean it just shows like when you're in this pressured situation and you're under um you're really isolated and also i was very immature because when you grow up in my kind of kind of family we had you're not encouraged to like grow or mature or develop you're encouraged to just shut mm. up and do as you're told so yeah where how did i come to that? i just desperation it's just like you know, we spent our childhoods watching like American movies. So this must've been where I was taking my cue from, I think <laughs> yeah. really. And yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, the whole thing was just bananas uh, would have been. Was was that more like, was your thinking like to protect myself or were you thinking was like to get yes. away from this situation? Yes. Cause I could feel things were building and building and building. So, and normally like, as I said, you know, when you're called a retard or you're treated like shit, I would just not react, turn away. But this time I could feel, no, something's wrong. I can't, like, I, I would pride myself on my ability to, like, be able to, like, not get upset, not get goaded into becoming upset. And now it's like I could feel fear and rage just building up. And it's like, I, oh, my God, I can't, I can't not react. I'm, I'm going to, something bad is going to happen. I could, and it's caused this great fear. It's like, if this, if I explode, if all this rage comes out, what's going to happen? Also, I was like scared of my brother. He was being quite threatening towards me. Like, is he going to attack me? And like, what, what happens then? Like, how am I going to react? Mm -hmm. So it was an intense fear. And also a fear that like, if, if there was this explosion of violence, then the, our family would be finished. Then I'd have to leave and it'd be all over. And so it's just basically trying to come up with anything to avoid that happening. It's like, so what can I do? And I really didn't have any options because my dad had worked carefully to remove, systematically remove any kind of option or any kind of support all my life and just leave me perfectly at his mercy so that he could execute his um, grand, you know, end game and sort of cut me off, make me completely dependent on him and then cut me off, which really is a way to sort of destroy someone. I mean, you really mm. like the, the pain you put somebody through, like the heartbreak and the mental trauma is just like, you're trying to kill someone basically, but without, without putting mm. a finger on them. And in a way, like I, I almost tried to kill myself because like getting a gun and doing what I was planning, like it was a form of suicide attempt almost. It's like, I would never have gotten away with that. I would have been caught instantly, you know, um, yeah, it was just also just breaking down mm. from a break from reality because I, I didn't want to face up to like the reality of my family. It's like they treated me like shit and now they're kicking me out. 
and I couldn't face it. I just couldn't deal with it. I was like, I have need to do something to get away from that. So it's also this strange way of trying to escape from reality. And mm. Mm. yeah, yeah. And what happened when uh, when he found the gun? When your father found it? Ooh, right. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. They. I was seen with it by my sister, and she she told him my dad. And then he searched for it, and he found it. And he's like, "Oh shit! <laughs> like <laughs> this is bad." This should not be in his possession. This is, uh, oh no, my God, what is going on? Uh, so yeah, he just confronted me. He's like, what is this? Why do you have this? And I was like, oh. So <laughs> I had to tell him, yeah, why I'm going to become an outlaw. And then he was like, oh shit, we've gone. I think, yeah, he must have realized on some level we've gone too far. We've fucked up. We've pushed him too far you know, I've gone too far. Yeah, there there was no we. I keep saying we. And my my dad always referred to himself as like we. What are we gonna do with you? But like there was no we. It was just him. And he would surround himself mm. with like my siblings and my mom. And it's like we. You know, we're all in this together, and you're the outsider. But like there was just him. It was him, and all the rest of us were just his puppets. So everything he was driving, everything making everything happen. And also, you know, just causing a huge mess, like setting his my brother against me and alienating us against each other. And I don't think it it never crossed his mind that like, oh, I'm making a huge mess of my family. And also, like, what, yeah, when he would try to manipulate my mother, I don't know what he was trying to do exactly, or just make her angry or upset her. But she would end, he would end up driving her to a nervous breakdowns repeatedly, and. Like you think it w- the message would get through to him? I'm not really good at manipulating people. I just make a mess. I just destroy them, and then he would because he would be upset. Like when, when she would have a a breakdown, he would oh no, I'm going to okay. take, her, take her to the mental hospital, and oh, it's going to cost me. We had health insurance, so it wasn't costing him anything. But he'd still <laughs> be you know. Ugh. But like, isn't this? Why were you mistreating her if this isn't what you wanted? You know, she's delicate and prone to, you know. Um, having breakdowns so it's like what what other outcome were you hoping mm. for so i yeah he was a very strange man it's like he wanted to abuse people and get some kind of power thrill out of it but then when it all went wrong he was like oh that's nothing to do with me uh for example on at least two occasions my, my mother attempted suicide and then he would be disgusted and okay. horrified and he'd be like he didn't want to have anything to do with like then he would sort of see the reality of like what he had done and then he didn't want anything to do. He, first of all he would deny it he'd say oh that that wasn't a real suicide attempt she was um atten- that's attention seeking yeah she there was nothing you know, it was okay uh, they were like she overdosed on pills to the point that she had to be hospitalized uh so yeah it's a very serious attempt but then he would deny it and he wouldn't even go see her in the hospital me and my sister had to go and, and see her because okay he was too scared basically like he wouldn't say that but like yeah, he was scared. He didn't want to like face the reality of what he'd done. So basically, mm. a child, like just think of a child, but with the, the power of a grown up to inflict pain on people. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. Sad, and sad. W- with, the, with the weapons issue, was it a case where he just said, look, you're going to have to get rid of this. It's not welcome here. 
Um, yeah, it was going to have to be gotten rid of. It disappeared. It magically disappeared. Um, mm. Yeah, I won't say who exactly or how exactly, but it it was gone from the farm quickly. Um, mm. Yeah, he just realized that it was going to cause a lot of trouble and he needed to get rid of it. So, and how how did you feel at that moment when you kind of master, master plan that you thought was <laughs> uh, getting away? Yeah, uh, then then like the the just horribly upset and just traumatized because like the the truth you're not you can't escape from the truth anymore. It's, um, yeah, it's like your family is gonna is screwed up, and mind you, in a way. It, the shock of it, of it uh, when it happened, when they found that, they, they actually backed off and left me alone, and which was good because that mm. gave me the time I needed to just accept that, like, okay, my family, there's something very wrong with it, and I need to get out. Uh, that took a while, but eventually it, it dawned on me that, like, you know, there's no future here. This is no family. There's no, you know, if we're messed up. There's no, like, I have to get out and mm. it took a while, but I eventually figured it out. Uh, and was there, normally there is, and was there someone in your family that you're kind of close to, even spoke to? Um, about? Any, about what was happening, uh, like, obviously it wasn't your father. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so did you have someone like to console after the gun was found, you mean, or no? Before, b- before that, yeah, no, no one, in, no one in the family. Mm. I mean, my mom. No, my actually, I did actually try. I guess at one point to talk to my mom, and she, of course, sided with my dad. And she said, "Oh, maybe it'd be best if you just went away." And oh, that was just. Of course, he had got there first. He he knew, like sooner or later, I would go to my mom or say something to her and so he had warned her like don't you dare say anything to support him because we need to get rid of him now and i'm sick of him and blah 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 and you know it's time blah, for him to get out so yeah the, he made sure there was no one i nowhere i could go no one i could talk to like he was always one mm. step ahead of me <laughs> so, which is not hard to do when you're <laughs> an adult and you're you know trying to outwit a child, your own child, mm. especially like it's not hard to get ahead of them. But yeah, I think he thought he was ter- yeah. yeah, very clever. Yeah. And when you talk about the abuse, like what was, what was some of the things that he did that made you feel like, Oh my God. Ah, <laughs> uh, just. What did, was it just constant name calling yeah, and putting you down? Yeah, just, shouting at you and yeah just making you feel like a piece of shit like a child basically being treated like a child and again and i thought like we had made some progress in my family i thought no because i'd lived away maybe for in england for two years and but then foolishly i came back and i thought oh maybe they're gonna have some you know better more respect for me now but no in the end it turned out it's like no we just want you to get lost and disappear and yeah so okay yeah, so 
it was just sort of physical intimidation from my brother and yeah, just really nasty. Uh, I say in the story, like some days he could just shouting and really nasty. Other days he'd be much quieter and more gentle and just encouraging. Bye. You need to go now. And another day he just taking the piss, making a joke of me, which is also like when you're, when you're really in pain and really feeling trauma and other people are just laughing and they think it's funny and like you're this ridiculous mm. figure. It's like, oh God, mm. that's when I think when things get really dangerous, like, and people start to lose control and because it's like, I'm in the worst pain of my life and my own family is laughing at me and it's like the cruelty just goes mm. off the scale and yeah, it's just, I don't know who can deal with that. Yeah. yeah you'd have to be <laughs> some kind of a saint. So you, you moved out, you went to England for two years and then you came back to the home. Yes. Um, was there a reason behind that? Right. Um, does, so basically, I never got what I needed from my family and never got, basically, never got any love from them. And so I left, um, why was I, I was just going away for a few years to get some space mm. from them. Um, and yeah. Um, so yeah. And to visit a friend I had in England. Um, so it wasn't really a permanent thing. It was just sort of, but I could feel like in, in myself, like I, something's not right. Something's missing. I haven't got what I needed from my mm -hmm. family, you know? So if I just go back, maybe then I'll, yeah, I'll get it. So I think it's maybe similar to why like beaten wives return to their husbands. It's like, you're going back to the place that abused you to get, you know, oh yeah, because that was all a big mistake, uh, the abuse. And now, uh, yeah. Things will be different now. Really, yeah. It doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, you had that hope that yes. when I go, when I go back this time, things might be yes. different after being away. Yeah. Why? Well, it's illogical. It's like, if only I could have, yeah, I often thought like if I, didn't go back actually that could have would have been much better but yeah it's it's it was purely emotional it's like this feeling uh, i guess i miss my family or i miss when when you went back to the house and uh, was it long before you realized nothing is nothing is changing here uh no it's like there might have been a, a, as soon as you got in <laughs> yeah it doesn't take long it's like oh you know it's, you go first go back oh yeah maybe things will be good and then it's actually you no know, when i think about it it's like they were my siblings were sent almost straight away so what's the plan now like when you, when are you leaving again what are you going to do and but of course i never took the hint I, yeah I was just <laughs> maybe he was right maybe i was just too slow to figure it out like they were just wanted me gone and so yeah but and you don't know what to like I should have just seen, oh God, they don't, I'm not wanted here. But instead I, because they could never, my dad could never just come out and say, good lost. I don't want you here. Yeah. I was to do it in very passive, aggressive, confusing kind of ways. Mm. That would just. So it's, it's not clear. Yeah. It's not clear. It's, mixed, it's more yeah, just mixed messages and passive aggression and yeah. Mind games. And it's like, mm. that's not a great way to, 
<laughs> if you could just communicate clearly, but he couldn't. He was scared or he knew because he knew he couldn't say, I hate you. I don't want you here because he knew he shouldn't say that. He knew like, oh, then he'd be a dickhead. Um, mm. So he had to maintain mm. his authority. You know, he also had, because he loved power, he had to have the, all the moral authority and he knew that wouldn't look good if he was going to be saying things like that. So, mm. uh, yeah. And as you got older, did you ever talk to him or question him at all? No, he wasn't. He wasn't really the approachable. He was kind, and okay. also it wouldn't have gotten you anywhere. I think once ever, uh, this was actually after, yeah, after everything happened. Because of course, like I mean, they they backed off for a while, but then they they just carried on again, and. Yeah, at one point I did say to him, "Why do you have to be so mean?" And of course, you can almost guess what he said. Did you who are mean? And just deflecting, it's all your fault. You're the one. You're the problem. Blah blah blah. So again, you may as well talk to the wall. You're getting nothing out of him. He doesn't really. He doesn't see himself. He doesn't understand why he, who he is, why he does what he does. He just like a child, basically. Mm. Mm. Throwing mm. a tantrum, and yeah, there's not much point. None of us ever <laughs> talk to him because you wouldn't get any sense out of him. It's like he had no, he could not self reflect or self analyze or really understand. He just had, he just would have feelings and then he would have to act on them, and but he would be ashamed of them. Uh, so yeah, mm. and uh, you, your older brother lived in the house. Was that when you came back, and do you know why he decided to leave the house? Um, the eldest brother. Um, yeah, yeah, probably because he was actually. Um, all his friends were going to Australia at that time, and yeah, maybe he was just smart enough to see like this family is not great or like uh, there's nothing, no point in staying here. But that was in the early early nineties, so he would have been gone for five years, I suppose. When, mm. when all this happened, um. Yeah, maybe he was just a lot smarter than me. <laughs> Should have done the same. And, yeah. and do you think, when you kind of reflect back on it, do you think the whole, his main um, idea was that you can't have anything that's his? Yeah, yeah. Um, anything I got, I think, was he took it, looked on it as theft. I'm this person who doesn't belong, shouldn't be there, shouldn't even exist. And I'm draining a drain on his resources. I'm a parasite. I'm, I've heard him use that word, and but he wouldn't use it to me directly. Mm. Um, yeah, he would just say it to my siblings, and they could say it. Uh, yeah, he just was not anything I got was like less for him. So the more I got, the less, uh, the more he lost out. Mm. So yeah, it's, but it's yeah. Just wanted me gone, but didn't want to like help me to leave. <laughs> and kids need help to leave. You can't just sort of, throw, you know, yeah, Get go for there. a drive one day and then just push him out of the car. Can't really do it like that. Uh, basically, what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And b before you left the the second time, before you yes. left for good, what age were you at that time? Twenty five. Which. I'm sure 25. people think, "Oh my God, what you're still at home at 25?" And my older, my older siblings would be the first ones to mock me about that. But 
like, <laughs> you're leaving home at 25, pathetic. But they were still at home. <laughs> My middle sibling, yeah, they wouldn't have heard them. <laughs> oh, but that doesn't apply to us because I have to be here to work on the farm and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. Uh, mm, it's like you hate yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm leaving and you're still going to be here. Oh, but that's different. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. Completely. Yeah. And <laughs> what made you eventually say, look, I'm, I'm done here? Uh, after everything with the gun, after I finally calmed down and could think straight again, you can you can see like, yeah, okay, this is, place is just messed up. It's messing me up. Nothing good is going to come of this. I, like, I need to leave. Yeah, it eventually mm. it just it becomes clear. But like, when you're in the middle of powerful emotions, you don't see. Uh, Ob mm, obvious things yeah and because mm. you're just hoping for some happy ending that's just never gonna happen it's like when was it like there was a line there was a tv show called game of thrones and there was a line in it um it's like if you're waiting for a happy ending you haven't been paying attention so that's what it was it's like if i'd been paying attention <laughs> i would have seen much more clearly there's no happy yeah, ending no here happy ending, so yeah, and I'm guessing when you when you're leaving, there was no farewell and hope to see you soon, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> no, I yeah, the day I left, I can remember the, the night before. I was I was awake all night because I was so nervous and because I was going to confront my dad and finally tell him like you did this. This is what yeah, I think of you. This is yeah, what I think of you, and this is how you treated us. And of course, it was a disaster. He flew at me and tried to attack me, but by then he was already old, not as strong as he used to be, because he was always this towering figure, but I think he'd been slowly decreasing in strength, mm. so I was able to fight him off, but I did, like, that's the last thing I wanted to do, is, like, fight with my own dad in the middle of our kitchen, but of course, everything had to be high, like, the hard way, drama, yeah, drama and difficult, as difficult as possible, and you know, it all fell on deaf ears and everything. I thought, no, oh, it was all your fault. Oh, it was all you. And yeah, so I, th mm. I felt like, oh, couldn't you just like at least make this a bit easier for me? Obviously, I'm leaving for good. And like, you have to, even this, you have to mess up. And yeah, so finally, mm. finally got out of that house. Uh, after you left, did you speak to anyone? Did you speak to any of your siblings? Um, not for a while, but um, several months later then, my uh, they would start appearing like my sister. Yeah, I think my sister came to visit me or my mother. And of course, like... Oh, sorry, when when you left, you're still in Ireland. You're just yes, yes. not in... I was, yeah. I moved 30 miles away near Cork City. But so, yeah, mm. I was still in the area. Um but yeah, yeah, and they knew where I was working, so they would come to visit me. And I thought they wanted, I was thinking like, oh, that's nice. They want to come and see how I'm doing. But of course, looking back, they had been dispatched by my dad with instructions. Find out what he's doing, what he's up to. What's, is he a threat to us? Ugh, or some nonsense. Like, just, yeah, just want to, just bored and want to, oh, what are you doing now? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 like that often happens. Um, yeah. 
in uh, this functional system like that way one person gets out and now because because that person was where the energy went to yeah they're no longer there yeah it needs to go somewhere now right <laughs> and if you're still around it will follow you yeah. because yeah they they like well, it, it's part of who they become yeah it's like oh it's boring now when he's not here so he had to find of course what happens he moves on to the next scapegoat who was that my sister yeah and then she was mm. next to be shoved out uh, so there, there's no point being friends with the guy my dad it's like he, there's nothing in it for you <laughs> it's like it's just one of those people you're just going to regret knowing him <laughs> mm. and the the farmland do you know what happened to that at the end yeah um did you were you involved in it at all or yes i was of course uh so a couple of years later my dad died and you know even though he was so obsessed with like the land all his life so he should have made if he was that upset, concerned and obsessed with it he should have made a proper will saying this is who i want the land to go to but he didn't have the guts basically to do that so instead he just he took the easy way out he said okay everything to my wife let her figure it out and my wife was in no position his wife my mother was in no position to like take on that kind of responsibility obviously her nerves were shattered after mm. a lifetime living with my dad and putting up with his bullshit um and she was just living at home with my middle brother who wanted the land anyway and was constantly saying give it to me give it to me before they before they all come and steal it out from under you and leave you by the side of the mm. road just yeah so yeah we had some i mean it dragged on for a few years then uh, a bit of a conflict i i didn't really give a damn like my my older brother and sister i was like okay i'll try and support you but i don't really give a shit because i'm done with all this drama and mm, yeah i don't even want it <laughs> yeah so i never wanted your fucking firms like, i don't give a damn i just wanted like a semi-normal family but no we couldn't have it so yeah i mean because you know like your family is broken at that point and you know you won't ever be what you what you hoped for so you're like yeah whatever whoever i don't mm. really care anymore <sighs> yeah so yeah and eventually and yeah. looking back on it did you ever ask yourself like why it was a you that was the scapegoat it had to be someone, and I think it's usually probably the, the smallest, the weakest, the youngest. Um, I think, like, in my my dad had a bunch of sisters, and they all got shoved out as well, and I think one even got kicked out uh, because I think his sisters, at that time, they had a choice. They could either be, join a convent and become a nun, or they could go into some arranged marriage with a stranger they didn't really even know and one of his sister was, was like no way in hell i don't want to do either of those and she had some huge argument with my grandmother and my grandmother um belted her across the face and told her to get out or or maybe i'm not sure she mm. she she left anyway and she got the boat to england and never came back so was she the scapegoat i don't know actually any of the details but I feel like however many kids my dad had, you know, someone would have to be the odd man out because, you know, my brother was the golden child, the perfect one who could do no, do no wrong. And if you have one of them, well, you've got to have a scapegoat who can do no right, to, I guess, to sort of balance it out in mm. your mm. messed up abusive family. And yeah, so that was how it had to be. But mm. yeah. 
Um, mm. Messy, painful. Great, great, great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> when did you leave Ireland? 2007? The end of 2007. Yeah. I had like, duh, I just, I need to get out. I've had enough. And I went to visit my eldest brother that I never even saw. He was living in Southeast Asia. So I went to visit him and yeah. 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 Here for a while and ended up staying here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Longer term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, last two questions. What's one thing you're proud of? Mm, I'm proud. Um, proud that I managed to eventually escape my family in one piece with my sanity and my freedom intact, you know, with my life. At least I got that much in the, in the end, mm. I got free of them because at one time, you know, it, it didn't look, it looked very doubtful. It looked dark as to how things, if I would ever mm. get free of them, but uh, at least. And uh, what makes you happy now? Uh, my family, I have a family here. I have two kids and yeah, um, they make me happy. Spend lots of time with them and just want to focus on having a much better family providing a much better family for them than I ever had, um, which is the mm, ultimate revenge, yeah. really. It's like, if you can yeah. get to that point. You either do the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just break the cycle, you know, and recognize the cycle and say, you know what, that that was wrong. We need, we, don't. yeah, don't repeat that. Be aware of that. Avoid that. And it's so easy to fall back into it. Um, I think unless you mm. really confront it and recognize it and just, denounce it and say no i'm not gonna do it again i'm gonna do it differently yeah. yeah yeah i think removing yourself from the environment helps yeah helps that yeah. It, it's hard to right break any cycle if you're still around that toxicity yes i wish i had real i wish i had realized that a lot earlier it's like some places are just no good it's they're just toxic yeah it was a toxic place i think it's still toxic probably i don't know but um, mm. yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm done with it. And have you ever uh, forgiven your father for the abuse, your siblings? Siblings? Yeah, I would be inclined to forgive, or at least understand. Like I know they were in a very difficult position, also being put under a lot of pressure by my dad. So I could completely understand where they're coming from. My dad, uh, not so much, because you know he was really cruel to my mother cruel to me, cruel to all of us, really. We're all just pawns in his little game. And yeah, so I don't know if I'll ever be get to that point where I can completely mm. forgive him, even though obviously I guess he had his own. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. It's like I would have more sympathy if he hadn't been such a horrible person to us. But once once you've crossed that line, then mm. it's like, oh, who cares what happened to you? It's like... <laughs> You, you know, nothing justifies mm. what you did and how you, how you were, the mess you made of your family. Yeah, it's a shame. Mm. 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 I saw you have a Facebook group. Yes. Um, the Family Farm Support Group Ireland. That's what I'm calling it now. Mm. I, I changed the name. Um, yeah, and it's... You know, I hope it'll it'll take off. It's very slow. People in rural Ireland and in farming families in particular find it very, very difficult to speak about. First of all, even to become aware 
because it's so normalized being treated roughly in farming families. So I would say that's the first thing to look for if you're like being shouted at and you expect to accept accept that as normal or like you should toughen up. I'd say don't don't accept it. You know, just be aware that there's something mm. wrong there. Uh, so yeah, it's first of all, it's difficult for them people to become aware, and when they do, it's like difficult for them to reach out or talk about it. Or, or even though I'm sure most people in, in Ireland have no idea of my group, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like a, a public group probably isn't the best place. If people could contact me privately, maybe that would be better. But I, I put all that um, out there anyway. Mm. If people want to do that. So, um, and it's more just to kind of get people talking about what's happening, what could be happening, or sharing your experience. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like um, I had nowhere to go. I, I, I didn't know what was happening, and I had no context. Like so, and that's when things become a pressure cooker when you don't know how, where to go, what to say, who to confide in. Mm. That's when the pressure builds up and something terrible happens. And that does happen in Ireland. I don't know if you've heard about like farm uh, massacres or killings, shootings. It's happened before and it'll happen again. Um, so yeah, just trying to give people a place or just put the idea in their heads that, you know, there's some, this is not normal. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's slowly going slowly, but I'm gonna keep keep at it anyway. Because amazing, yeah. <laughs> it's just about keeping at yeah. it. There's no, there's no uh, right measurements. Yes. It just uh, eventually, in the hope that you reach the right person. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. And if it can help them in any way, that that's what it's about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Brilliant. Hopefully. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a quick review on my Facebook page, Don't Be Afraid to Talk, or DM me on Instagram. The show notes will include all the relevant links from today's episode. If you haven't already, please download, leave a rating, and share with your friends. You might just reach the person who needs to hear this message. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. I am James Lumumba, signing off with gratitude.